Dear Diary, today I interviewed someone who's been a mascot for 10 years. They are currently Swatson from the Sugarland Skeeters and a mascot coach for U of H. Take a listen. How long have you been a mascot? Um, a little over 10 years. It'll be, I guess, 11 in April. Wow. And what was it about mascotting that called to you? <laughs> well, I kind of got into it uh, accidentally. I was helping out a friend who was kind of the backup mascot at U of H. And uh, there was one day where they just needed somebody to fill in. And so they asked me if I would do it. And I, I did. I ended up having so much fun that I just kind of kept doing it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> and how many characters would you say that you've been throughout the years then? Oh, geez. I'm at somewhere like 14 or 15. Oh, wow. And can you say who your character is now or how you're involved with mascots now currently? Um, I'm with the Sugarland Skeeters and the character's name is Watson. Oh, yeah. I love him. <laughs> and then did you want to talk about like your mascotting coaching? Uh, sure. Yeah. I just started last year with the University of Houston as well. Uh, so I kind of coordinate and coach them. And I've got a team of six characters and two handlers. Awesome. So how did that become about? Because sorry, I didn't know about this beforehand. So now I'm like really interested <laughs> okay. because I've never had an actual like mascot coach, not that anyone's like mentioned for a university. So I've had the mascot. It's kind of different. Yeah, no. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, I kind of lucked into it a little bit because I, I was performing there for two and a half years and then I left and they had a cheer coach who was only part-time and it was kind of like she had too much on her plate she needed someone to come help out so I came and and helped out to uh, teach them a little bit of stuff and after she left it kind of they still needed somebody but while they had an interim cheer coach and I ended up just sticking around and they've kept me on because I've helped uh, organize them and I I set up all their appearances and I I coordinate to make sure that they know where they're supposed to be oh wow that's like (laughs) so in total like how many jobs do you have how many jobs are you juggling right now (laughs) I actually have just finished, I just left my regular full-time job, I guess. So tomorrow I start full-time with the Skeeters. But I was up until this point working three jobs and going to school. Oh, wow. And what were you going to school for? Uh, Sports administration. And I still will be going to school. Uh, I kind of have a weird career path (laughs) because I started out as a music education major, went to school for several years for that, and then took a break from going to school for about five years. And now I've gone back last year and now I've gone back for sports administration. No, I feel like, I mean, whatever like is making you happy, whatever calls to you at the time, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have to like, I mean, you said you kind of just, it fell in by accident, but were there any auditions involved in any of your jobs? Oh, one, well, yeah, originally when I started with Skeeters, because at U of H, I kind of snuck into it, and then they kept me going there. Then after I left U of H and was taking a break, the Skeeters, you know, they, it was a, it's a new team, a newer team. So when they first started, they were looking for character performers, and I went to do the audition for them. And it was pretty easy. They just had us go walk around Town Square and had a couple of us kind of try it out. And then after that, they... They pretty much took all of us, and then we had several character performers for two different characters, and we just juggled between games. And uh, I did that for two years before they started introducing a full-time position. Oh, wow. What would you say is like the biggest like difference between, I guess, being a mascot coach and then just being the, the performer, the full-time performer? It's a lot less stressful being in the costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, I'm, when, when I'm coaching, sometimes I'm doing stuff like, 
Uh, right now we're in basketball season, so they've got me on a headset and they're help. I'm helping with the script and making sure that they're where they're supposed to be. And that's a little bit more stressful because I can't just goof off. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, understandably. There's a lot of similarities that, though, because I do have to get schedule myself for you know the performer side of things as well as scheduling them. And there are a few times where we end up all at the same appearance. So then I end, I end up working both jobs at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like when you're at the at the baseball games, you have like a handler there like telling you what to do, right? I mean, because they have the headset, right? Honestly, they kind of just let me go and do what I want to do. Uh, oh, okay. I have a handler, but it's usually an intern and they have a walkie-talkie, but it's more for help if we need it. <laughs> Uh, because most of the time we have the script and we know where we're supposed to be at certain times. But other than that, it's kind of a free for all and just go, go do be a mascot. Oh yeah. Okay. And so what would you say is the most daring thing that you've done like in the suit so far? Uh, that would have to be when I worked for the hockey team that we had. I used to ride down the railings head first (laughs) on my my belly. And then, so, okay. Do you go like faster because I feel like all of your weight would be in the head if you have like a like a heavier suit like I don't know like how does that work? <laughs> I would say it probably made me go faster than if it was just me but it kind of keeps you on track too so as long as you're just holding on and you know where to stop then you're you're pretty fine. <laughs> and so like so people just... <laughs> loved it they thought it was very exciting. So everything's like strapped on good I'm assuming because that's a worst fear for me like and I've never been in a suit that it had like an actual like chin strap, like all the the suits. I mean, there's only been like two, but someone could easily just rip that thing off my head. Like if I <laughs> wasn't paying attention. With that particular character, he had uh, a chin strap inside the head. And then there was also these straps that went uh, around your torso. So it was pretty much strapped in there pretty well. You weren't going to fall apart. <laughs> oh, wow. I've never heard of these torso straps before. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> he oh had like a neck that went into the jersey and stuff like that. That's that's kind of where it kept strapped in. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would definitely feel secure in that. But then I don't know if someone did try to be a, pull it off, I would probably be painful. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, working with all these teams, have you ever proposed anything that was maybe like rejected? Uh, I mean, I guess the biggest thing was when I first started with with the baseball team, uh, it was not a full-time position. And so one of the guys I was working with and I tried to get them to make it a full-time position and that was rejected originally. And then later after I left there for a couple of years, they ended up, ended up implementing the full-time position. I don't think they just had the funding for it at the time. Yeah, I think I read about that because I occasionally look at the the job positions and a, a few people will will tell me like, oh, hey, I'm like trying out for this or whatever. And yeah, so wish me luck. And so, yeah, I think I, I, I did notice that like uh, from part time to full time in the past few years. So, yeah, that's yeah. cool. But that's cool that it's full time now. Yeah, they've had two previous full time positions uh, that have both gone on to bigger and better things. So it's a little bit of uh an interesting thing to take up after after seeing those two guys go out and do better things not better things necessarily but bigger things so is your goal to become like full-time like major league like mascot somewhere i'm honestly not so sure i don't know exactly what i'll end up doing i'm kind of enjoying where i'm at right now balancing working with u of h and working with uh with the skeeters so it's just it's gonna kind of depend i'm trying to get my degree because i know that mascotting quite frankly, is not going to be a long-term goal for me just because physically I, I don't know how long I'll be able to go and it's nice to have a backup plan. Uh, but I do like working in the sports world, so I'll probably stick around with that even if I have to stop mascotting at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like I said, like whatever whatever you feel you can handle or whatever makes you happy, like, and 
along your journey. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we ever get hockey back to Houston, I might try out for that one day, but, <laughs> but that's a ways in the future. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely like, I am all for, for hockey. I'm <laughs> pro hockey, like so anywhere. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and do you have any like favorite skits that you do or like with any one of your characters? Is there something that like, they're like, Oh yeah. Like I love doing this. Uh, <laughs> off the top of my head. Not anything specific. I mostly just love interacting with people more, I think, than... I think doing the skits and stuff kind of make me nervous sometimes. But I enjoy more improv things where I can kind of goof off with people one-on-one than I do with the actual skits. No, definitely. I think I would get nervous if I had to, like, stick to a script and stuff. <laughs> Sticking to these questions, as you can tell, is like... I'm just like, oh, I better, like, read off my questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> no worries. But... The one big thing that I always like ask everyone is how do you deal with the diverse group that, that you work with? I mean, being a mascot, it's the unsupervised children, the crazy teens, drunk adults, <laughs> ladies sometimes. Like, I mean, how do you deal with them all? Uh, well, I guess the big word is patience um, <laughs> because a lot of these kids are pretty crazy and it, it helps to have a handler for sure. Now, this is going to sound a little crazy, but I actually spent nine years working with dogs prior to this. I just finished out working at a dog job. And so I've kind of found that working with crazy kids in a group or fans or whatever uh, is very similar to working with dogs that are being unruly. And I mean, you can't really speak English to either group. So you kind of have to learn to use your body language. And so there's little things that you can do that are similar between talking to dogs and talking to people, you know, without actually talking to them. So if I've got someone who's acting out and being ridiculous, I don't give them attention. I try to ignore them. And then I reward people who are giving me good behavior with attention, which is something I would definitely do with dogs. Like, <laughs> which I know sounds kind of rude, but <laughs> it does work. That and just not, not letting yourself be shoved around because if they feel like they can get away with something or if they feel like they can, can push you and that you're going to react to it, then they're going to keep doing it. No, yeah, definitely. And I feel like, yeah, like they're... There's a lot of similarities, like, and you hate to say it because especially like I'm a teacher and stuff, but I'm also like a dog mom, but it's like, man, those similarities, like when you notice them, I'm like, ah. but so are there any like crazy stories that just come to your mind, like off the top of your head what, that you'd like to share? Oh, uh, <laughs> hmm. I had, let's see, there's one of my favorites where I had an awkward moment with a little kid. When I was at U of H, we had some, uh, it was like a pep rally or something at the Star of Hope. And we had to, it was me and then Shasta. And so we went to take a break in the back and we had asked the marching band, hey, don't let anybody come down this hallway because we're going to be back here with our heads off. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we got you. But then they started to play. And what they didn't know was that there was like a bathroom back there. And these two kids came back there to, you know, to try to use the bathroom. And the little bit of girl walks in and she sees us with our heads off sitting in the hallway. And we're, you know, frantically trying to put them back on because we didn't expect her. And she just stops and she stares at us. And she turns around and she opens the door and she screams out into the lobby. They're not real. Oh, my but God. of course, the marching band was playing right there. So nobody heard her. <laughs> oh, my God. But we ended up pulling them inside and talking to them for a few minutes. And the little boy that was with her actually wanted to be a football player and so he had a lot of questions for the mascot that I was with because he was actually also a walk-on football player and we ended up calming them down and it ended up being more of a rewarding experience for them but that initial moment where she just freaked out was kind of funny 
<laughs> oh man, and the like just that like they're not real. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> <laughs> she went for the worst possible extreme uh, <laughs> that she could have too. I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna tell everybody. <laughs> oh man, that that's a story that she was telling like on on one day at school. <laughs> I don't know if she was like of school age. I don't know. But oh my gosh, that's crazy. I I don't know if I mentioned specific numbers, but I think you are the seventh or eighth woman that I've had on the show out of there's going to be oh, yeah. 51 episodes. And so seven to like, what's the math on that? 30, uh, 43, <laughs> right? Yeah. 44, yeah. <laughs> 44, right? I don't know. Yeah. Like there. Would you say that mascotting is a predominantly like male field? Uh, the way I kind of see it is uh, on the professional level, yes. I don't really run into a lot of uh, women who are in that profession. And in fact, most of the ones that I have met have either been online or, I mean, you know, like this. But the uh, at the college level, I would say there's definitely more women that are involved in it. And when you get down to like high school and middle school levels, because I also teach like high school camps, it's definitely 50-50, I think, at that point. Do you, do you have like a theory behind that? I don't know. This is something that we've been discussing, like me and the, the women on the show. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's just something that a lot of girls aren't really aware that they can do. I didn't know that this was something that I had any chance of doing past college because in my head, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, well, I have to be a, a female character because I'm a female character in college. And it really wasn't as I started to, to get more into it and got asked to do some other gigs that I realized, well, wait, no, I can do these other characters. You know, I mean, obviously there's a few that I wouldn't be able to because I'm a little too curvy for it. But um, with the fat suit characters, I mean, you can easily get away with doing it. Okay. And I just, I don't think that a lot of women know that it's an option. Oh, yeah. And so coaching, you know, I know U of H has two mascots, right? Uh, a male and a female character. Mm-hmm. So do you specifically cast like males for the male mascot and females for the the female mascot? Uh, We try to uh, just for the ease of things, because when we have to go on trips and things like that, it does make it easier if your guy character can go with the guys, like the cheerleading and everything. However, we have had to have girls step in to be Shasta sometimes. Uh, I don't know that we've ever had a guy go the other direction and step in to be Sasha, but every now and then we do have to have someone fill in for Shasta. Yeah. Okay. I just like always wondered that like uh, UCLA is the only university over here, I think, that has like the, the male and female char- characters. So, yeah. like Yeah. And that, uh, Joe and Josie, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you said like that the characters with fat suits, it's, it's easier to like hide, you know, that you're a female. Mm-hmm. Is there anything extra that you do to like hide that you're a female in the costume or... Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> it was something that kind of was shown. It's a little easier. It depends on the character, honestly. With with my current character, it's a little more androgynous, so you can kind of get away with having some female tendencies. But there have been characters that I've been that are very, I guess, macho. And so you kind of have to watch out for things. But there's, there's little things like angles at which you give a high five. You know, as a female character, I might tip my hand a little further back. But as a male, I want to keep it more, you know, even the way you stand and how you rest your hips uh like where your hands are on your hips i mean um and just kind of the little mannerisms that you don't really think about and maybe the way you reach to grab something if you put a little flourish on it that might seem a little more feminine versus just reaching and grabbing but that again just depends on the character because some of the ones that are more androgynous can get away with a lot more and i think the walk is a big the walk is a big thing too uh, yeah. and just getting yourself on video and and seeing what that looks like and making sure that it doesn't have that 
swing of the hips too much, which was hard for me to stop when I was originally doing a character that was supposed to have that swing in the hips. <laughs> I think the the main thing was like the walk that has come up like in, in past interviews. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I feel like videotaping yourself for, for anything, whether it's mascotting, whether it's performance, like whether like I'm a teacher and like the, the school that I went to, like you had to videotape yourself at least like I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're editing and like watching yourself and writing down like every little thing that you say, like at least like six to eight times I had to record and then like write down like everything that I did and everything that I said. So it really does like help you analyze like what what you're doing out there. So Oh, yeah, for sure. And sometimes and that's something I do with my kids too. something sometimes you just don't know what you look like until you see it. And so I can sit here and tell you to change this thing you're doing about yourself. But if you don't know what it looks like, you're not going to change that. (laughs) And so I actually have a Google Drive set up with my uh, students that we have they each have their own individual folder. And when they're out performing, I can record them. And then I'll just put the video in their in their folder so that they can go back and look at it. And then they can compare it to other people and what they see. So they know, oh, that's what that looks like. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is there any challenges that you feel that that you overcame while like you were mascotting? Um, I would say specifically, it was getting back into school uh, for me, because I took such a long break. And Quite frankly, these days, if you want to go into full-time positions as a mascot, you kind of need a degree. (laughs) And so it took me a while to get back to that point where I could actually go to school. Oh, yeah. I mean, school is challenging. Like, I I don't know. Like, it was very challenging for me. Like, I feel you. Like, (laughs) yeah. And then do you have any, like, tips I mean, I mean, you you talked about like how to present yourself, like if you're like a, a female character. But do you have any tips for women that are trying to pursue mascotting as as a career? Um, don't feel like you can't do it. Uh, definitely. I mean, I didn't know that this is a viable career, and no one ever told me that it was. So, I mean, if you feel like you can do it, you just have to practice because it's it's definitely something that we can do. We just you know, we might have to restrict ourselves a little bit to certain characters, but that's okay. And then 10 years, you said that you've been mascotting. So mm-hmm. when you go to these huge events with when there's where there's like a ton of mascots, like I always wonder, like, do you get like separate locker rooms? Like if you're or a lady, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, like with with the team, like the guys go with the guys and the girls go with the girls. But when you're at a, a mascotting event where there's a ton of mascots, do you guys just like share the same locker room or, or whatever changing area it is? Uh, these days, I find that we we all have one space that we change into. And I think it helps that we kind of all know each other around here. So they all know that we're all going to be fine with that. Originally, when I started at U of H, uh, I have one very distinct memory of going to one of these big mascot nights and they put the girls in one room and then they put the guys in another room. And it ended up being that there was only two or three of us that were female performers. And I think like one of them was a, a local, another local college. And so we were in this conference room with just three of us all by ourselves. And then all the rest of the mascots were in another room. And all we could hear the entire time was them laughing and having a good time while we were just awkwardly making small talk. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was, it was a little awkward. But no, these days, uh, I find that we, we tend to stay in uh, one big room. No, yeah. I don't know of any like female mascots in LA. Like maybe like maybe there are so far of what people like tell me, like they're all like dudes. And like i don't know i just like wonder like i just want to throw like a female in there i want the inside scoop like if a female gets in there like what's what's gonna happen like are you gonna put them in their separate room i don't know i just like to think of these scenarios i do find other issues like when i'm going to appearances we don't have a van like some of the characters do 
Uh, and so I have to find places to change everywhere I go. And so that can be a little awkward because I've gone to some events where people kind of have certain mindsets and they'll tell you, oh, well, there's a women's bathroom. You can change it over there. I'm like, well, I'm a male character. I really don't want to go to the women's bathroom and change and come out as a guy. <laughs> That's got to be awkward for the other people using the bathroom. That and just I mean, coming out of any bathroom really as a character I find awkward because no one knows who's in there. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, we've talked about this before. Like the worst like changing scenario was I – I think the winner was a moving vehicle. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, like I had to change like while the while they were driving. I was like, oh my gosh. I think the worst one for me was when I had to go do a, early in my mascotting career before I really knew more of the tips and tricks of you know getting ready for things. But I had to change in a porta potty one time. That was not fun. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mentioned this last episode. Like my worst fear would be like changing like in a stall or something or a porta potty and like just dropping like my gloves in or <laughs> something would go Correct. in. I know it. I know it. Like that would be me. <laughs> I tend to make a point of just asking them for a storage room or somebody's office. And most people are pretty compliant to that because they usually have somewhere that you can go. It's funny because I'm a teacher and then I work for Parks and Rec or whatever. And we've had like a few mascots go out and I wondered like where they changed. I, I can't like I'm not like one of the higher ups or anything. And they kind of just disappeared before I could even ask. Like there was a few like, I mean, we were at concerts in the park and it's like, yeah, we had a facility, but it was kind of far off. Like and there was just this mascot there. And I was like, where did you change? Like what? Like, were you in the car? Like, where did you come from? Like, I didn't even see you like walk up or anything. So but before I could like ask my supervisor, like, hey, like, can we get this guy a room or anything? Like they they were gone. Like, I don't even know where they went. So I was like, okay. I find that's the hardest part I think about being a female character is when I or not character but a female performer is when I get to an an appearance I try not to talk to people and I just want to talk to the one person I have to because I don't want everyone knowing I'm a girl because what inevitably happens is you get you know such and such teacher over here and such and such person over here and they know you're a female and then they want to accidentally call you she oh well she's going to do this I'm like no 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 Swatson is a boy And yeah. they just don't think about it when you're in the costume because they feel like they should call you a she, but that's not necessarily what you want. No, yeah, 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 definitely. Keep it to a minimal and just like open communication. Just like, hey, like, yeah, <laughs> my character is the guy. You totally refer to me like as he and him and all that. Like, so I would just be totally upfront with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throughout the years, I don't know, I like to ask this because I have given the occasional like gift to my <laughs> uh, LA mascots or whatever. So uh, have you received any weird gifts or cool gifts from any of your fans? So far, I don't think I've been in one place long enough to really build up a following enough to get a lot of gifts. <laughs> um, but hopefully that will change soon. Not that I want the gifts, but that'll be somewhere for a while. But I would say that the, the main thing I get are drawings from kids and Every now and then I'll get some silly things like Pokemon cards. And I think the coolest thing was probably a season ticket holder that gave me a good luck charm from Egypt that she, I guess, is from there. And so she she gave that to me after we had kind of created a bond over the course of the season. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me bring back the mascot something from my vacation. (laughs) But yeah, all the drawings I get, I put them up on the wall of my cubicle. And then as I get more, I'll rotate them out. And I'm probably going to make a scrapbook just to to document them all because I think they're so fun yeah no definitely (laughs) 
That's awesome. And do you have any regrets in your mascotting career? I would say not having a mentor or any kind of guidance when I first started out. Uh, we didn't have anything like a mascot coach. The cheer coach kind of did cheer stuff and we just kind of did our own thing. Um, and I wish I had reached out to more people back then because I might have gotten into this sooner as, a, as more of a full-time option had I known uh, that it it was even an option, but I just, I just wish I had spent more time reaching out to the people who knew more than I did. Oh yeah. I mean, do you find yourself doing, doing that now? Like, I feel like now maybe you, you know, all these people, like, are they open like with communication and advice and stuff like that or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I talked to a lot of my friends that are in this profession and we trade advice back and forth and it, it is nice to have people that have been doing this longer or have done it more, more full time. So uh, they tend to have some pretty good advice. That's cool. And what would you say is the hardest part about mascotting? Um, I would say up until now, which hopefully this will change starting tomorrow when I start my full-time job, uh, <laughs> is not having enough time to come up with ideas. Because up until now, I've balanced three jobs and school. And so I was pretty stretched thin and I was kind of coming up with stuff on the fly and there was no time to actually sit and be creative and come up with skits and come up with video ideas and all of that fun stuff. And it just, I found that to be very difficult when I didn't have enough time to do it. No. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, full, full time, what does that entail? I mean, I know Skeeter has a Facebook, correct? I'm not sure mm-hmm. of any other social, I know he has a Instagram too, right? So like, are you in charge of mm-hmm. that? Are you in charge of skits? Like, I mean, what are you going to be in charge of? Like, Pretty much all things to do with the character will be me. I'm sure there will be some other uh, side duties and things that they'll need help with. But his social media, all of the skits and com- helping come up with videos and actually working with the video guy to film the videos. And then, of course, the entire baseball season, we have uh, a skit that we have to do every game. And then we do, um, there's a, a thing called the mascot race that we do where Swanson races a kid and then inevitably the kid always wins because Swanson is distracted by something. So I have to come up with a distraction for every game as well. And I really don't like to repeat myself too much. <laughs> so I try to keep it <laughs> kind of different. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, for those season ticket holders, like they, they know they're, they're like there all mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> so <laughs> they're going to know if you repeat <laughs> stuff. Oh man. And what is the best part about mascotting? I would say fans, specifically the kids, um, and excuse me, specifically the kids that need you, uh, because you just never know with some of these kids that you run into, like when they come to give you a hug, how often they're actually getting hugs in their life. And so I'm one of those people who just won't ever deny that fan or that kid a hug if they ever come and approach me for it, because I just, you know, you never know how much they need that. And I find that working with the kids and stuff, and they still have that magic and they they're creating a memory and it's just so much more entertaining for them than it is for the adults. And they, they see it so much differently and just having those moments are, are important to me. No, yeah, definitely. And I, I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, like some kids are going to be tough to work with. Like, I mean, and however it comes off, but you really, at the end of the day, like you don't know what that kid goes home to, like as a teacher Mm -hmm. and someone who works in parks and rec and day camps and stuff, like you just try and like, meet every kid with a clean slate just don't assume anything like about this kid so mm-hmm. i mean give them their their 10 seconds and if you know if they're if they're crossing the line i don't know like make it a teachable moment a lesson learned i don't know <laughs> but but still like be nice to them i don't know it's just yeah i yeah i definitely try not to have negative moments with kids even if they are being annoying to me because 
you just don't know why that kid is acting that way. So sometimes just going the positive direction, they're going to get more out of that anyways. Yeah. And which mascots inspire you? I mean, I know you said that you wish you had had a mentor, but was there anyone like that, any particular mascot that you looked toward, like you looked at when, when you first started or even now, like that you, you know, just for inspiration that you check out? I would say when I first started, it was probably going to be Benny the Bull. Uh, I watched a lot of his videos and that was kind of around the time when he was really putting out a lot of videos too. Other than that, nowadays, it's pretty much all the guys here in town with me. They are very inspirational and in how hard they work and how passionate they are about what they do. And it's one of those things where they work hard, so it makes you want to work hard. Yeah, I feel like you you feed off the people like around you in your in your profession or whatever. So yeah, for sure. And I think the guys around here raise the bar a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean definitely like uh, I I can't travel right now because I have crazy dogs, but I definitely like just want to go like on a little tour around Texas. I actually have a lot of podcasting friends over there, so I want to mm-hmm. say hi to them, and I definitely want to go meet all the mascots over there like one day. <laughs> I mean, they might not be the <laughs> same people, but I at least like yeah, I will see. I I feel like I would spend like two weeks over there like just like trying to get to all the mascots <laughs> definitely a lot in texas so do you have anything else that you want to add or uh not off the top of my head <laughs> any shout outs shout outs to anyone in the world um i guess my houston mascots and then especially my kids at u of h and then i've got some friends in san jose and, and new jersey that have been a big support to me and then most of all my parents because they've supported this silly career choice <laughs> Yeah, like definitely, I definitely understand that shout out because I, oh man, like shout out to your parents and and your family for being <laughs> supportive and just I I definitely admire that. My parents are very supportive, but had I gone a mascot career, like I don't know, like my dad still wonders like why I do this podcast or whatever. Like he, yeah, he gives me crap for it. I'm just like, dad, just like you're not involved, like it's not harming you. Like let me do my thing. Like please, dad, just like. I'm- yeah i'm not trying to like make a career out of just having a mascot podcast like uh, my dad gets to me sometimes (laughs) hobbies are important (laughs) yeah but anyways shout out to your family and shout out to you thank you for taking the time to to chat with me i really appreciate it i appreciate your time and then just like scheduling and everything and best of luck with your full-time job that starts tomorrow and and everything else and and yeah like (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) And that was it for episode number 50. I made it, guys. I don't have that sound effect. I have it somewhere, but yeah, I don't want to bug my producer for it. (laughs) Thanks for listening this far. You still have more after this. You get one more, you guys. I've made it like to over 50. That's insane. Because if you have been listening, like, I, (laughs) I just think it's funny that like, I just, I always doubted it. Like, I never thought I would get this far. Like, I remember that conversation that I had with William. I think his, his episode was we named it handsome devil he's like oh yeah like you're gonna get to 50 and i was like yeah right bro okay (laughs) and here i am so that's just insane to me uh but thank you for listening i really really appreciate it it's it's just been a crazy journey it's i love talking to everyone i'm seriously gonna miss it but we'll save that for the next episode because i have a bit to talk about Uh, but i do want to just say thank you for listening because i stutter and i feel like that's gotten worse and i edit it out so if you've actually if you've been on the show you know like firsthand like 
yeah she edits this like crazy oh my goodness and sometimes i make up words and i'm just like oh i listen back and i'm like damn it denise like that's not even a word like what were you trying to say so it's not pretty sometimes but anyways thank you for listening i just wanted to say just give an update because i was telling you guys last week i got to be the easter bunny twice for the part-time job we've been promoting our extravaganza it's not until like march but you know just we have our little booth there like at these like business expos and health fairs and stuff so i went out and was just passing out flyers and easter eggs and it was pretty funny it was pretty hot and this first one it was the first time that i was inside and it was in the gym and in this other room that's kind of like connected to the kitchen and it was so hot like when we went into that second room because i had a handler my my coworker, the helmet just felt like it it heated up like an oven and i was like oh my goodness so when we went back out yeah we made sure to go through the first the first room first and then cross into the gym where it was a bit it was better like air circulation wise i guess but i just forgot that <laughs> that thing rests on my head like it's it's a bunny suit so the helmet just there's no helmet inside it's just the head that rests on your shoulders then i did uh so that was mainly adults there was a few kids there but then i did this this health fair that was at a uh, a school like a middle school and there was a lot more kids there not as many and that was only an hour it went by so fast and it didn't start heating up till the very end but i was able to get a breeze if i walked up and down that one i had changed in the car like i had to change i couldn't even get in the car like i was far enough away like that no one can see me and we made sure i mean maybe the people in the houses were looking at me but i mean that there was nothing i could do there but yeah from the kids like at the school and stuff yeah there was no way they could see me i was behind the door and stuff i went to go i got there i went to go pick up my coworker, and i was like dude i'm not changing here so you have to like walk me from the parking lot over here and she was like okay so we went to the car and i put on the suit and then i walked over and and yeah like it was just it was really fun just practicing like not bumping into anyone because i really can't see like like below a certain point and there was a lot of little kids that were just fascinated like these two little girls were just fascinated with the bunny and just kept coming back and coming back or their mom was actually right next to our booth like talking i don't know about what so she was just there for the longest time it felt like 15 or 20 minutes and she was just like kept waving and i didn't know what to do and i was like waving back but like you only want to wave so many times it's not like she was hugging or interacting she just kept like staring at me and so that's why i was like oh man i gotta get out of here like i gotta like walk away and yeah like it was it was just funny like kids were trying to take eggs out of my basket and i was like no no no," because i had a basket of like eggs so i i'd like grab my basket and then like they and then my handler would be like you have to like ask and yeah it was just funny yeah because we don't like rude kids like that (laughs) yeah we were promoting like all our city events and like the after school program so yeah that's what you get in the after school program learn manners to ask for things <laughs> but yeah i'm pretty sure i hit one little girl oh yeah i was the one that just kept coming back her mom wanted to take a picture so she stood next to me and then i was looking for the mom and i guess she went because she had a booth too so she went back to her booth to get the camera but like she just left and the little girl was there i mean mind you it was like maybe 20 seconds but in that 20 seconds i was like trying to turn i'm like where am i supposed to be looking because i don't see a camera like i don't even see a lady with a camera but i know that this little girl is like right in front of me and then so and then so at this point i lost my my picture position and i was like oh shoot and then, so i moved my my arm down i'm pretty sure my basket like hit the little girl in the head i mean it wasn't too bad but i was like oh <laughs> i was like sorry like trying to pat but like i couldn't see her she was that short so 
<laughs> and she had like this just this big huge like bun on her head like it was probably like double the size of her head i don't know it was weird and she was in a dress i don't know yeah so that was my experience and it was just it was fun i had music going so i was dancing a little bit and there weren't a lot of kids a lot of the adults were waving hi i did get like oh are you warm in there yes dude like it's i mean i know i'm in the shade but like i'm obviously walking to get a breeze like uh, like uh. anyways so that i that's only happened once and yeah that got annoying really fast <laughs> Anyways, shout out to Southpaw who sent me like a bunch of swag, like way too much swag. Like like I got a t-shirt and bag and like all this stuff. I put it all to use. I mean, I appreciate like any little thing that you send. Like I'm I'm starting a mascot wall, so I'm gonna hang some signed like memorabilia up um in my office wall. So I'll post pictures when that actually happens. I need to look for a couple frames and just like see what's out there. Cause I, I don't wanna put too much. Yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, so I really appreciated uh, that and I got a little thank you note and everything from Southpaw. So shout out to Southpaw. I really appreciate it. I got a few updates about people like changing jobs or getting or adding like another part time job for mascotting gigs. And it's just always good to hear updates and on anyone that's been on the show or anyone that I've just been talking to behind the scenes. I always appreciate that. Uh, like I said, I've just met so many cool people interviewing and just doing this show. So yeah, it's cool to keep up with everyone. If you'd like to follow me, it's Mascot Diaries on everything, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can email me. That's contact at mascotdiaries.com. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll say this. I accidentally, uh, so everything's on my phone, dude, like my work email, my personal, my coupon email, and my, <laughs> and obviously Mascot Diaries and I accidentally like emailed someone from work, like from Mascot Diaries. And I was like, dang it. I didn't even realize like the teacher emailed me back and he was like, is this, he's like, is this Denise? And I was like, yes. I was like, no, I was like, no, <laughs> I was like wrong email. But, and then I had to like see him at a meeting later and good thing he didn't say anything. Cause yeah, I was just like really embarrassed. And I was like, God, because if I got a weird email like that, like I would look at mascotdiaries.com. So, but he didn't say anything. And I was like, just keep it that way. I mean, I don't care if you know, if you listen, <laughs> just don't bring it up at work. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but I just like to keep my personal life like personal. And it is like, it's an odd thing, like saying that, oh yeah, I interview mascots, even though I love it and I love all you guys, but... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so that was my story. Thank you for listening. One more, you guys, and take care. <laughs> <laughs>